Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. We got quite a few pretty good text in the Garage Door Guru text line, 704-570-9610. When we were still doing the mailbag segment, we'll move on to talk a little bit more about the Carolina Panther coaching search. But someone wrote in, I feel like if Fitty wasn't working in radio, he'd be at the Jiffy Lube giving hella random takes to whoever brought their car in. <laughs> oh, that's that's pretty good, Fitty, especially with your background in construction. I don't know if you know your way around a car, but construction just given just awesome sports takes. That's how I feel like you would go as well. That that, that person has to hail from the historic Monroe if they know <laughs> what a Jiffy Lube is, because I don't see many Jiffy Lubes around anymore. Mm hmm. I guess that's true. Someone also called you Hank Hill ass. I mean, most people call you Bobby Hill. This person was calling you Hank Hill. Um, thick doink. Yes, thick doink. Two C's. <laughs> said, I think I'm definitely Fitty's favorite listener for sure. Jake said, hey, Walker, just telling you, I've never been in an argument with Fitty before. So, uh, Jay, uh, Jake writing, and I never argued with Fitty just saying. So there's somebody else as well talking about that. Um couple people wanting to be your favorite listener, Fitty. Are you honored? Look, I mean, y'all thought I used to joke about the Marlowe Militia. Oh, they're there. And these people exist. There's like 17 or 18 of them, but we're taking applications by the day. <laughs> militia, huh? <laughs> the well, Marlowe you know, Militia. With the whole, you know, alliteration type of thing, you know, I, I thought Marlowe I was just playing off the, what did you say yesterday? The... I don't know. I uh, said something about America being great or something like that. Again. Oh, and I said militia. Huh? I, yes, that was the All WBT right. show. Don't be coming after my character, man. <laughs> I, I am not one of them deplorable. The I, I didn't even mean. I didn't even mean to do it. I was literally uh-huh. just saying the slogan. I swear. I, yeah. I prom- I'm sticking to it. Uh, Brian wrote in. We asked what the bet would be. Mm-hmm. Brian asked you how confident you are in the 49ers winning the Super Bowl, and if so, would you be willing to make a bet? And then we had to ask him what the bet was. He said, if the 49ers win, he'll buy a 49er jersey of a player of your choosing. If you don't choose, he'll just default to McCaffrey. If the 49ers do not win the Super Bowl, then you have to buy and wear a J.C. Horn jersey. You immediately turned it down. Correct? Yeah. I mean, I think a jersey spending a lot of money on it's a good bet. It's creative. But at the same time, spending all that money on a jersey, that'd be a lot. I mean, how much are we talking, Wes? You're a jersey guy. Uh, it depends on which kind you get. I mean, you can get some in the $80 range. But, but that's still a lot. you talking authentics, that, then you, you know, you're talking about a lot. That's still a lot. I would say maybe a jersey. Are you a fan of jerseys at all? Uh, I got a couple of them. I have a Scottie Pippen, Steve Nash. I have a few of them. I mean, we're at 290 followers. If we can get to... 2000 I'll do it. <laughs> That's so many. Buying a J.C. Horn jersey. Mm-hmm. I bet people would want to do that. I'll do that. They would want you to wear that J.C. Horn jersey. Yeah. Now, do we have to make it your profile picture for a certain amount of time? Because <laughs> I, I want to add on to it. Yeah, I mean, get us to 2,000 followers. And then, All right. Yeah. We have a long way to go. 
Right. And 290. That's what I'm saying. You got to hit that follow button, Wes and Walker, W-E-S-A-N-D-W-A-L-K-E-R. Um, somebody else said, instead of militia, maybe you could go Marlo Morons. Is that something that's better? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, I think it also does apply because, I mean, you got to be pretty moronic to follow me. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, you got to be pretty moronic to date me, which is why I'm single. Wow, I don't know. Self-burn, baby. Okay, uh, just out of nowhere. Um, goodness gracious, I I don't think that of you. I think you're sexy. I think you're a great catch. I think people just need to not listen to your bad takes about Sam Darnold, then maybe they'll still date you. I, I just, maybe if you stay away from that route. So, again, text in 704-570-9610. Wes, I have a question about this coaching search. Okay. Ben Johnson deciding to go to Detroit informing all other NFL teams with coaching vacancies that he was not going to be their head coach. Instead, he's going to be the OC under Dan Campbell with the Lions for at least another season. Do you feel like Ben Johnson returning to Detroit cleared the way for Steve Wilkes to get this job? Or how much does that depend on Sean Payton? I think he's significantly upped his chances. I think at this point it's going to be Sean Payton or Steve Wilkes. I think that's the two we're looking at right now, in my opinion. And Sean Payton is probably your first choice, correct? Well, as far as who if I he's think available. would, yeah, yeah, yeah. But as far as as far as who I think is going to get it, if we were doing betting odds, if this was Weston Walker or the the Three Kings Casino, oh, that's pretty good. <laughs> if we were the Three Kings Casino, my betting odds would be on Sean Payton at this point. All right, well, we didn't get to the soundbite earlier in the show. I, I want to get there now if Fiddy is up to it. We, we we have the the soundbite from Roman Harper playing for the New Orleans Saints, talking with Kyle Bailey about the possibility of Sean Payton becoming the Panthers head coach. The Saints want a quarterback, and they have no first-round pick this year. Sure. So they would love a first-round pick, but if they can't, I would I would be fine with not getting the first-round pick this year unless somebody else offers me more, like Houston, because Houston has two first-round picks. They have two second-round picks. So Houston has a little bit more draft capital. Mm-hmm. I like that trade better sure. if I'm Mickey Loomis, but I'm not afraid to give you Sean in the own division. Like, I don't really care about that because at the end of the day, like, I'd rather beat Sean, you know? So it is going to be a little bit of that. But at the same time, I would take the first rounder for next year just because if the Panthers suck, I can package a deal and go get Caleb Williams the year after that. What would you be willing to give up for Sean Payton? Because we talked about this a little bit yesterday. I think if you do have draft assets that you're willing to deal for Sean Payton, I'm instead using that to move up and go get a quarterback if necessary. Of course, this is sidestepping the Tom Brady conversation, but you're willing to part with the number nine overall pick this year, Wes, if it means landing Sean Payton from the New Orleans Saints, or do you think that's a little too risky? I know you've had a day to think about it. Are you still willing to give up that number nine overall pick? No, I would, because like I said, when you look at all of the great organizations, the Super Bowl winners, uh, they've all had great head coaches. And so to get a chance to land a guy that I think is a great head coach that could really lead you in that direction, I think that is worth that. I just value draft capital so much. Because like I said, you could pick a guy at nine that turns out to be nothing. Well, yes, but also, and every time people say that, though, you could also pick somebody at nine that becomes an amazing player. And the first round pick, 100%. And so when you're talking about these picks, it's really important to throw the dart rather than just hold on to it because it might not be, or use it for something like Sean Payton, who, by the way, Remember when we were talking about him possibly being let go by New Orleans at seven and nine, three straight seasons? So that defense was horrible, but also seven and nine, that was still dealing with Drew Brees as your quarterback. That was still dealing with a great offense. You hit on the draft picks. 
you hit on Ryan Ramchek, Alvin Kamara, and Marshawn Lattimore all in one draft. It's one of the best drafts we've seen, certainly in the last decade, past two decades. And once you get really good players, well, then in 2017, they go 11 and 5, 13 and 3, 13 and 3, 12 and 4. You're off and rolling again. It's when you get some of those great players to help you out. That's when Sean Payton has helped again. Good coaches matter in the NFL. There's no doubt about it. Good players matter more. And I think that's why I want to use that number nine overall pick in order to make sure that you can get one of those top talents to help you out. And Fiddy, (laughs) look, I know I talk about it a lot, Fiddy, but come on, like, you are, you are just, you have a mouthful of checks, chicken wings and you're shaking your head <laughs> yep. and you're wanting to come on. Feel free. Why are you shaking your head? Um, I, th- I think the NFL, and this has been proven by what's happened in these playoffs, coaching matters more in the NFL than any other. You, you can have subpar talent, i.e. the New York Giants and go nine, seven and one and win a road playoff game. Oh, they can make a huge difference. And, and so, I, I mean, I feel like, I feel like coaching matters more than players. I, I, I also, especially in the playoffs, because you have so much time to prepare. I think the teams that generally win Super Bowls, yeah, they got great players, but they've got great coaches, great coordinators. So, I, I, I mean, that's why, like, I'm willing to trade away that number nine pick to get Sean Payton, who's a much more proven commodity <laughs> than whoever. <laughs> Then whoever you draft at nine, you we know what just made the weekend, uh, <sighs> the weekending blue. <laughs> Fitty, you're amazing. Uh, <laughs> uh yeah. <laughs> What's both of you? I mean, it's funny because Fitty can't decide whether he wants to eat chicken wings or wants to deliver this take on Sean Payton. And then as he's giving the take, he's burping and hiccuping because he's eating for, I just, I mean, I love it. Fiddy, I love you. I do. I love you so much. Wes, what were you going to say? Uh, no, I was going to say, you know, as far as the coaching players thing, I mean, I think it's a little bit more leaning towards the players uh, because when you look at a lot of the Super Bowl teams and especially the ones that get there year in, year out, I mean, they do have spectacular players and the coach enhances that as far as what they do. But I'm just saying in this instance with if I only have to give up, you know, a couple of picks and one of them being the number nine pick, Mm -hmm. then, yeah, I would do that. But I'm not going to go as far as to say that coaching over players. Not at all. No. And and again, I'm giving credit. I'm giving credit to Sean Payton for what he did in 2021. But he went nine and eight winning record nine and eight, a little above five hundred. But it wasn't twelve and four, thirteen and three, thirteen and three, and eleven and five like when he had Drew Brees helping him out. Yeah, and I think with in his case, it's impossible to be in a place as long as he is and not have some of those years or have some of those ruts. No doubt about it. Like look at Mike Tomlin. Well, right, I and mean, well, and you know you have the whole five hundred thing with Mike Tomlin, but also Mike Tomlin hadn't won a playoff game since twenty sixteen, and yep. it doesn't mean that Mike Tomlin is anything less than an outstanding coach. I would take Mike Tomlin right yeah, now. Yeah, they had the players. But, right. Exactly. And now the best example of all of this is staring us right in our face with Bill Belichick. I mean, you look at the Mm -hmm. New England Patriots and ever since that talent pool started to dry up, then they're not making the playoffs and certainly not going in on playoff runs. And Bill Belichick, I consider the best coach of all time. Right. Coaches make a big difference. They They can make a big difference, negative or positive. I think you saw that with Carolina this year, but I'm not giving up a number nine overall selection Top 10 first round pick, that's valuable. And Sean Payton coming over to to give that up to me, that's too much, let alone adding something else 
to go get a Sean Payton. And I would use that to go get C.J. Stroud if you think he's the guy. Go get him. So much of what gets lost in translation as far as my opinion on this quarterback situation is that front office needs to do whatever they feel is best at QB. And my whole conversation surrounding Sam Darnold has always been don't let him deter you from going to get your quarterback. To me, nothing he did in these games state, oh, now we can just go after something different and not worry about getting a QB even if we like Will Levis. Because it's all about having more bites at the apple in this NFL draft. Players hit when you don't think they're going to, and players miss when you think they're a sure thing. The NFL draft is really imperfect. It is an imperfect process. And that's why I think having more bites at the apple, especially when they're in their first round, that matters a lot more to me than giving that up to go get a head coach that is great, is a great head coach, but even he can't go a double-digit winning season when you lose a great quarterback like Drew Brees. Yeah, I mean, it's so tough because, like I said, just what you said about the science of the draft makes it – in my opinion, even more of a case. Now, I'm looking at what is the totality of what I'm giving up for him. If I'm only giving up the ninth selection, it's like, okay, if I pose a question to you, you know, what what is it that you need to make your organization successful? We know it starts with owner and GM and head coach. And it's like, okay, would I give up the ninth pick to get a great head coach? Yeah, I would because I'm just not sure about what I will get mm-hmm. from said draft pick. But now, you know, like I said, now you're talking about giving up two, three first rounders or something wild like that. Like, no. But I think, like I said, in this instance, just one draft pick in order for me to get a key piece to the future of my organization. I'm willing to do that. All right. Um, We did have somebody. Casey Steve wrote in the burp that just came out of Fitty's mouth made more sense than his words today. That's what Casey (laughs) Steve said about Fitty. What? And you got the same flavor as last time. I think that's what you mentioned during the break, right, at checks. That is correct. Yeah, I went back to the hot ranch. You you told Flounder as soon as he came in, we're going here every week. There was not a conversation. There was not some debate. There was just a flat-out statement, and he had to take it as true that you guys are going to eat there every single week. Well, as long as I flash the, the credit card to go pick up the food, I don't think he's going to complain. That's true. Because it is a much more expensive place to go than some of the other places. As long as I'm willing to buy, I don't think he minds. I think that's absolutely correct. Would you... And back into our combo, would if you could guarantee you could get a Super Bowl like the Bucks did, because the compensation for Gruden was two first rounders, two second rounders, and eight million. So many, yeah, so many picks. Would you do that if if it guaranteed me a Super Bowl? Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, if you, if you're guaranteed a title, that's ultimately what you do, right? But, but for so far, Sean Payton, would you do this? This trade? I think this is a little rich. I'm I'm probably gonna say no, but yeah, what, I was gonna say, I think what, what's the compensation? Is it the same compensation? Two you're first round picks, two second round picks, eight million dollars. I mean, I can't tell you how fast I'm hanging up the phone if that's what Mickey Loomis <laughs> is asking me. If he's asking me for two first round picks and you said two second rounders yeah. as well, I mean, I I want to throw up. I want to burp all over the mic just like Fitty did. Like, there's just <laughs> no way I would ever do that. Dude, Tepper would swipe left on that deal faster than women swipe left on my dating profile. Why are you doing this to yourself? Right. We need to hype you up. Uh, Although, see, as I, I'm making fun of your burping, and I, I understand. It's I can't a reverse psychology. I'm going to build myself up, or I'm going to tear myself down to build myself up when I show up at Willie's wedding, looking flyer than the ground. Oh, and and big thanks to the swag lord for helping you are out. Are you going to get... um? Are we going to trim up beard and hair and all that stuff That's for the good. wedding? It's, it's already question. been done. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll do a little bit more trimming. <laughs> Wait a 
to the beard? Well, I'm not laughing at him. That's Wes's facial expression that I'm laughing at. Wes was like, no. When is this wedding again? It's next Saturday. Look, when you're balding, you can't really keep trimming up hair because there ain't a whole lot of hair there. That's the problem right there. You you gotta nah. We can't. That's day of. You gotta. You gotta get something the day before you go to the wedding. You gotta set. We gotta set you up an appointment at Supercuts or something. I like this. We're gonna talk about the Hornets. Yeah, we gotta get you right, and then we're gonna get Fitty right. No, I know it's already done. (laughs) And the wedding's a week away. (laughs) Come on, now you gotta be. We got we got one more segment to go uh, before we get to the walk. I'll pay for it. It's Weston Walker Sports Radio ninety two seven FM. wrote in the text line saying we should get Fiddy a dope toupee for the wedding. Go Panthers guy wrote in, Fiddy needs a shape up 24 hours before the wedding, exclamation point, exclamation point. Come on, Fiddy. Like, damn, bro. Go Panthers guy, Gatmore, writing both of those texts in to you, trying to get the shape up right. Now, this is also something Fiddy talked about, waiting a week. I mean, that The time's already passed for you to get a haircut and trim, or that you wanted to take care of that one week before the wedding, right? I got it. I, I got my haircut the night of the natty, so with January 9th. So less than three weeks before the wedding. Oh, that's too. That's yeah. now that's Lord. long. I thought now one thing, and this was this is what I ask if it's a two Americas thing, uh-huh. because I for sure have heard, hey, don't get your hair cut right before a certain event, because then it doesn't let the hair kind of look natural. Sometimes when you let the natural hair kind of grow in where it's supposed to, yada yada, doesn't look as shaped up or whatever. But Wes, you are saying to make sure. That he get gets this stuff done. Yeah, I mean, yeah. When he said that, like I said, as a black man, yeah. we live our lives for people to recognize our haircut. So we want for a big event to be cut as close to it as possible. <laughs> so if, if I if I had the opportunity, I'd be sitting in the chair hours before the wedding started. Well, see, and and I've heard this with white people, but I don't know if I subscribe to it as much. I mean, because I feel like you can even as a white guy. You can still get your haircut just hours before yeah, the actual event. Yeah, you want to be looking your best. Anybody, if they're going to a big event, especially if you're a guy like Fiddy that's looking for women, you want to be at your best as as close to the event as possible. I, I was laughing about this yesterday. I laughed about it today when Fiddy says something, and I get to see Wes's facial expression. <laughs> it is absolutely amazing. You said, I don't want to do it right before the wedding, and Wes's eyes got real like, big. Absolutely not. Raise those eyebrows. Let's go to the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Jim Selania calling in. Jim, how are you doing, man? I'm doing great. You know, before I get to Sean Payton, I just wanted to say I do appreciate it when you and Wes and Fiddy take my calls. Uh, you don't have to, and I don't take it for granted. So I take it. To, I want to thank you, and I appreciate it. Okay, Jim, no appreci- absolutely, man. Appreciate you listening, calling in, and giving us all the fantastic content that you do. Okay, when I called in today, I caught Fiddy in mid swallow. <laughs> That's right. I'm not surprised. <laughs> not, not one bit. We're talking to him amidst mid chew of those checks chicken yeah. wings. But what I wanted to say about Peyton was, you know. How many years now have we talked about, is it Belichick or is it Brady? Is it Brady or is it Belichick? Right. Which one is it? Which one was the guy? How come nobody, and by the way, I would like to punch Sean Payton, but nobody ever says, uh, was it Sean Payton or was it Drew Brees? Was it Drew Brees or Sean Payton? Is he really a great coach is my question. 
No, it's a good point. We don't have that debate with those two. And I think maybe we have that debate with Bill Belichick and Tom Brady because we consider them the goats at their spot. And we don't do that with Sean. Yeah. We don't even do that with Drew Brees, despite his prolific career. But it's a good question to have. I still think that I'm going to do the middle route thing. I think both depend quite a bit on each other because I think when you're talking about the offensive scheme, Sean Payton puts puts together you know, quite the offensive game plan, but having Drew Brees to execute it, it becomes unstoppable, right? I mean, having both of those pieces in control of your franchise, it matters quite a bit. And I think that's why I'm not willing to give up the ninth overall pick or some package of assets to go get the head coach and Sean Payton. Cause I still think an important part of this is the quarterback. And I just don't view Sam Donald as that franchise guy, but I think you're right, Jim, to ask that question. Kind of like we attribute it to the new England Patriots. I dropped him. Seamless. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. There's another one. We Excellent. got two today. All right. 704-570-9610. We appreciate Jim for calling in. Uh, King David wrote in, take Fitty to a black barber. Wes, it would be excellent content. Would you be willing to take Fitty to a black barber and have his haircut? And I want to see his experience. Speaking of the hot takes, like what would that experience go like <laughs> if you brought Fitty to get his haircut right before the wedding to a black barber? It depends. Like at my barber, he takes uh, appointments now, so it's not many people in the shop. But if I took him to a crowded shop, yeah, I think it would be a lot of good uh, content. I'd be secretly recording. I, I hope so. I want this to happen very badly, to be yeah. honest with you. <laughs> as long as you would be willing to take him, that would be fantastic. I would, for sure. Yes, that would be great. Because the main thing I want, Fiddy, I want him to get that beard together. Uh, it's it's going to be. That's so vital. What? I want him to get a nice, sharp beard. You've been hating on the beard I'm not since, hating. since you came into I'm the studio. I'm not hating, it's not but it could be sharp. Well, it, it could be sharper. It's it's just you know why why contain this you know majestical beast that is my face because hair? you keep going home alone sleeping in the bed alone so I'm trying to keep you from doing that. No, he says this, so I'm just trying to prevent. I'm telling you some of the things that can help you overcome and 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 get that woman into that bed that you so desperately <laughs> desire. Okay. You ever thought that maybe I like going home and sleeping alone? You don't. <laughs> you didn't give that any thought whatsoever. Yeah, um, the bagel guy wrote in, my brother's wedding is this Saturday, and I got my cut scheduled for tomorrow. Go to the cut barbershop uptown and uh, see his girl, Tia Marie, if you do. So there's a suggestion. Shout out to Tia Marie, cutting yeah. hair uptown. So mm -hmm. there you go. Give her some business as well. But yes, I would love to see it. I, I, I want to see... Wes and Fitty's day out and then have this. Honestly, I would show up if we did this whole thing. Like if we did this whole makeover thing. Yeah. And not, not that Fitty desperately needs it, but you ask us for the outfit. Like that's what you did. And then, of course, I passed you on to Wes because this is the guy that unapologetically wears and pulls off the gator jacket on Bally Sports during Hornets broadcast. <laughs> this is that you. guy that we're talking about. So I feel like he would do a great job with you as long as you let him, Fitty. Is that something you'd be down for? I mean, look, I'm down to do anything because I, I'm as open an individual as there is. So I don't really care. I'm not like you, where every time we no. propose some idea or show movie night, you're like, oh, I got to clean my fish tank or, you know, <laughs> something just comes up in the way. <laughs> the only thing about this Saturday is uh, I don't know Wes's schedule. And uh, it's a loaded slate of ACC hoops. So if we're going, we got to go early. Okay. Well, that's not going to be possible because I'm going to be doing the games. But Sunday as well, Sunday's a, a possibility. Uh, we could go. That's a Sunday fun day if I've ever heard. Yeah. Of. What we about go, Friday after work? We could go. We go uh, Friday after work. I got to go pick my son up. But we could. We could. 
we could meet you perhaps. I think that could happen. Okay. Depending on what side of town you want, you want to come up and go to like Concord Mills and stuff like that? I haven't talked to Flounder yet. He- we can do that or we can do Monday afterward. Monday is good too. We are working the schedule out on air right now, yeah, which is are. fantastic. Yeah. Fitty, I, I know you love this. Uh, let's go to the Hornets. They're playing tonight. Yes. We're going to talk with Sam Farber in just a moment. The Hornets have the Houston Rockets on their schedule. These are two of the worst teams in the NBA as mm-hmm. far as wins and losses go. You look at the Hornets right now. They're on a five-game losing streak. It was right after, I mean, beating down the Bucks on the road, which is something I don't think anybody really expected, despite the Hornets playing the Bucks pretty well in recent memory. Then they have a really tough home games, um, two home games, back-to-back against the Celtics. They lose their most recent one, 130-118. Wes, what do you think about the possibility of the Hornets getting a win tonight against Houston, especially with the Houston Rockets also being one of the worst teams in the league? Well, of course, you know, they have a great chance. Neither one of these teams are uh, scaring anybody. Like I said, we're talking the two worst teams in basketball. So, of course, the Hornets have a great chance. And I feel like they're a little bit more stable than Houston at this point. So, I would take the Hornets. I mean, but this team, you cannot sleep on them because, like I said, with young NBA teams, that's the thing about them is you don't know what you're going to get from night to night. And so tonight could be the night they decide to come out and score 130 to 150. So, and we we wanted to pick players from the Hornets and the Rockets and see if we can make a playoff team. And we can still do that. I'm also interested in your opinion on what situation you like better. Do you like the Hornets situation better or Houston's situation? Because... They do have Jalen Green, the second overall pick. Mm -hmm. They do have Alperen Shengun, who is a talented big man for sure. They have a couple of other young guys, but here they are at 10 and 34, you know, 6 and 14 at home, still a pretty bad record. So what situation would you like a little bit more as a a Hornets fan or or as a fan of any of these franchises? And and what collective group of guys would you put together to make a playoff team? Well, based off some of the things that John Wall said, that right. we may get to. Uh, I think the Hornets have a little bit more stability. Uh, like I said, they have yeah. a little bit better veterans uh, on the squad. Uh, as far as Lamelo going, he plays he plays efficient more than than average because you look at some of the young guys and you look at Jalen Green. It looks like he's digressing. I mean, he's only shooting forty percent this year from two thirty two from three. That's down from forty two point six last year and thirty four point three percent from three. And then you look at Jabari. You know, he's still young, still kind of you know learning his way around uh, this franchise as well. But just from what you heard from John Wall, him talking about kind of the the fact that guys are just getting away with a lot of things, and it seems like there's not a lot of professional, which I've also accused some of these guys here. Uh, of that as well but if I had to choose which one just because of some of the veteran players like the Terry's and the Ubrays and some of those guys in the Plumleys they do have a they do have a yeah. one or two adults in the room for the most part so I would probably say the Hornets and the Hornets are in a position to get draft picks and and stuff like that getting a high lottery pick. yeah no I agree I think the Rockets are in this dangerous scenario and I always go to the Phoenix Suns w- with this situation but I don't think the right way to tank, quote unquote, so whatever, however you want to define it, is just playing all first and second year guys because they're not learning anything on the roster from bad habits. Right. And, And when you have veterans that aren't stars, but are still veterans that have been in the league for a while. 
those guys help those younger players a lot. I mean, think about what Bismack Biombo did for this team. Everybody, LaMelo, so many yeah. young players pointed to him and said, man, he helped me out a lot. I think Terry Rozier, the, his relationship with these guys, it helps as far as the veteran leadership, as far as Mason Plumley too. So yeah. I would agree with you when it comes to some of that. And Houston is just so young. We got to go to Sam Farber right now. He'll be on the call tonight with that game we're discussing. Rockets hosting the Hornets. Tip is set for 8 p.m. You can catch coverage an hour before with the pregame show here on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Sam, we appreciate the time, man. How are you? I'm doing great. I appreciate the getting a chance to listen to your conversation. I think you guys are, are spot on about you know how you, you try and build winning habits. And um, you know just because something's not working for a team that does have veterans in terms of wins and losses doesn't mean those veterans aren't having a positive impact on your franchise's future. So I think you guys are, are spot on. Well, and Sam, this is so relevant because the trade deadline is coming up on February 9th. I mean, we can't avoid the rumors that are out there about the Hornets possibly receiving calls about some of the players on the roster right now, given all of the injuries and the unfortunate season, the direction that it's taken place, given their 11 and 34 record. But I do think that having some veterans on this roster matters a lot to help out some of these younger players. And so when you're discussing a Mason Plumlee, a Terry Rozier, all of the veterans that you would consider, you know, how big have they been? How instrumental has their leadership been with some of these younger players that you do have with the Hornets? Oh, massive, massive. And you, you hear it, as you mentioned, from the players themselves. We've seen several young guys over the last three years talk about how the impact of having a Gordon Hayward there, his professionalism, uh, how he comes to work every day, how he works on his rehab, you know, those kinds of things have an impact on these younger guys. Similarly, for LaMelo Ball, we've seen it from when Isaiah Thomas was here. You mentioned Bismarck Biombo. Just because you don't play the same position doesn't mean you don't interact with the guys. There's only five on the floor, so, uh, you know, everyone uh, is involved in everyone else's actions out there on the hardwood and in the, the practice gym. So, uh, absolutely, I think there's an impact. Uh, to be sure, every trade deadline, there's always going to be rumors. It's good when your team is brought up in them. That means you have good players. If no one's talking about you, that means no one wants anyone on your squad. That's probably a bad sign. So, uh, you know, Charlotte is an attractive place for people to go fishing. Um, but, you know, I'll, I'll be interested to see how the team handles it. Um, you know, there's, there's a variety of ways they can go for a variety of different reasons. Well, and I think one of the bright spots for this team, it took a while to see him play in the rotation, but I think Mark Williams gave you an excellent stretch in that third quarter against the Celtics this last time out. Rhythm jumper, transition dunk, where his motor is on 110%, where he's able to slam that in transition. How has Mark Williams given you a nice baseline? It's one thing to give you a flash of potential, but I feel like we do have a pretty solid baseline of, hey, Mark Williams can come in and be an effective player despite being a rookie. No question. I mean, and we see it over these sustained minutes. And it's something that head coach Steve Clifford talked about, you know, it's not just about minutes given, it's about minutes earned. And you have to take those steps along the way. Just throwing someone into the starting lineup, unless you don't have another option uh, there to, you know, take your team to more wins, you know, then it's a different, different, you know, set of arithmetic. But if you do have a Mason Plumley on your team, you want your young guys to earn their spot and, you know, earn the fact that they're now going to be on the floor in meaningful minutes, earn a rotation spot, stretch out how long those uh, stretches are on the floor to the point that you, you become convinced that they're going to be able to post numbers that are as good or better than the veteran you're thinking about replacing with. So, you know, we're, we're seeing that from Mark Williams and from Nick Richards to the point that Coach Clifford's got the, the decision that he wants to try and have in theory uh, of how do you figure out how to get three guys 
into two spots in that rotation. Very difficult to do, but that's the kind of problems you want to have as an organization. Sam Westbrook here. What do you make of, of Mason's play as of lately? I mean, he's got 17 double-doubles on the season, and as of recently, he's had multiple 20-point double-doubles, multiple uh, double-doubles of 15 points or more, but he's really been playing well lately. He really has. He's had a tremendous season. He's having a career year personally, and then even just compared to the rest of the league, he's a different center from Joel Embiid and Nikola Jokic. So to look at you know their stat lines and say, well, we want Mason Plumlee doing that, or we want to move on to that, that that's not fair to you know 98% of the centers in the history of the game. But for what Mason Plumlee is doing within his own abilities compared to league history, he is in an elite class. His numbers for offensive rebounds, total rebounds for assists, uh, he does that at an elite level and makes this offense and this team better and has had a very positive impact, <laughs> excuse me, not just on the other centers in the room, but on players like LaMelo Ball as pick-and-roll partners. So I think he's had a tremendous, tremendous season. And, uh, you know, I'm rooting for everyone to make as much money as possible. Being in a contract year, uh, this is a great time for, for anyone to have your career eyes across the board. Another player that's also having a career year, Jalen McDaniels. Last game he had a career-high 26 points. And does this team look at him as a player that perhaps we know we talk about P.J. Washington and what they're going to do with him, but do they look at Jalen McDaniels as a guy that could be a potential starter down the road and they're going to have to make some decisions about that? I think he's opening some eyes. I, I, I remember you know, a week ago maybe you know, as he was starting to get into the starting lineup thinking, you know, we're seeing this consistency. From Jalen McDaniels, and he's a great example. He's a guy who was playing in the G League when he came in to the NBA, and you know he had to work his way into the rotation. It wasn't given to him right away. He earned his spot, earned his minutes. But we're seeing now, as his role has you know been solidified as a starter due to these injuries, him get more shots, and the percentages do consistently stay where you'd like him to be. So. You know, it, 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 with everyone, as you try and develop these guys and see what their ceiling is, you got to stretch slowly. So he's now become a starter pretty regularly here over the last 15 games. Now the question is, all right, you, you've gone from being a guy on the floor to maybe one of the three targets in terms of, you know, normal shot selection. Uh, and can he maintain these percentages? So that's the next question he's going to try and answer. And if he does, then, uh, of course, if he continues to show that he can play starter minutes and put up these kind of points, He's going to become a bigger and brighter option for the team. Sam Farber on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Sam, we'll ask you this before we get you out of here. What are some of the things that you take notice of when doing preparation for tonight's game against the Houston Rockets, whether it be on the Hornets side or whether it be on the Rockets side? Well, there's some matchups I'm very excited to see. I want to see Mark Williams, for instance, go up against some of these young bigs for Houston, like Shen Goon, like Garuba, if that, if that comes to pass. Uh, just because you want to get a glimpse. I thought we had a great look at Mark Williams a couple weeks ago when they played the Warriors, how he compared to James Wiseman, and he compared favorably. So, you know, these young guys who are maybe getting more minutes or, you know, different situations, it's one thing to see the stat lines. It's another thing to see them head-to-head. So I'm excited to see that. And then just from the Hornets' perspective, this is a team that very much believes in itself that if they get healthy, that they can still make a run. There's plenty of time left in the calendar. Uh, Getting a win over Houston is vital to the, that cause. So, you know, I, I know that there is uh, always contemplation from fan bases about, you know, what, what to do with the season when you're at a certain point. Um, but I'm a firm believer. I know you guys are two players, coaches. They do not tank. They are working as hard as they can at all times uh, to try and get wins and try and uh, get 
better numbers, better situations for themselves moving forward and for the team collectively. So I think this is a big one here for the Hornets against the struggling Rockets team. Tip is set for 8 p.m. tonight on the road against the Rockets. Sam Farber going to be on the call, and you can listen to that right here on 92.7 FM WFNZ. Sam, we always appreciate the time, and good luck. Appreciate you guys. Talk to you soon. Thanks, Sam. Sam Farber again on the call. Check it out. I believe Kyle Bailey going to host the pregame show here at 7 p.m. Just an hour before, a little bit later, tip time for the Charlotte Hornets taking on the Houston Rockets. It's the walk-off coming up next, and then we'll look at what happened on this day in sports history, not before the last Fitty Flash of the day. What you got for us, Fitty? We can go with that. Yeah, we're going to have some fun on here. Uh... There's some audio I want to play that maybe we can maybe set the scene for a discussion for tomorrow's show. John Wall, who came out, I believe it was the Word of God High School back when he was coming out of high school, ended up going to play at Kentucky. But as he said yesterday on a podcast with former Tar Heel Theo Pinson, he wanted to go to Carolina. I wanted to go to Carolina. That's my dream school. Tell you the story about that. A lot of people don't know that. Something happened. They told me this story. I they forgot it up. I know. They was the only one that could have got me not to go play for Coach Gaff. Because my mom had, cause my mom had got sick, had an aneurysm in her head, so she had to shave half her head ball. So I'm like, now I can't leave home. Like, I got to stay close. This is my best friend. And it was like NC State then, because Carolina already built. So I was going to go to NC State if I was going to do it. But I'm like, man, I can't go to school from here to the to the refrigerator. I ain't going to never be on campus. I'm going to be at home with, the, with my guys. So I go on a visit. Ty Lawson them there. Tyler Hansberry got his own section. Him and like homeboys. I'm a little recruit. I walk up and say, what up? I don't talk to recruits. I was like, f*** you. I ain't never, I ain't come here. That was that f*** it up right there. You might need to smack Tyler Hansborough. <laughs> <laughs> so after that, Tyler Hansborough would go to Twitter and I refute saw that this. this morning. And he went to all caps. And then he said something to the tune of, I'm sure, the the Cal bag. Meaning right. some money, some Skrilla if you're Wes Bryant. Yeah. Some of that. I'm sure that didn't have any bearing on John Wall going to Kentucky. What do you make of the comments here? And now the little mini beef that we have between John Wall and Tyler Hansborough. I guess when you have two people with two different stories, it always lies somewhere in the middle. But that is a very interesting story. And then reading some of the comments of some of the people, also I felt like gave some more insight because it sounded like people that were really into recruiting also gave some insight uh, into why they might not have happened. Yeah, well, who do you believe here? More so, do you believe John Wall or Hansborough? As much, I love Tyler Hansborough. You know, growing up as a heel fan, it, it, it might sound like something he could say, though. Like right. And, yeah, I think John Wall is a pretty candid guy, and I don't see why he would have a reason to lie like that. So I would go with Wall. Hey, maybe. I'm, I'm going to go to you, Fiddy, who is angry at those statements. You're not agreeing with John Wall. No, nah, this dude's capping like no other. He went to <laughs> he went to Kentucky. He went and played for a cheater. You can't trust the words that came out of his mouth. All right. That's the take from Fiddy. Maybe well, we can take real classes. All right. We, we can. <laughs> Final segment to go. It's getting hot. Wesson Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 FM. The last time you played Britney Spears, I think it led to a conversation of guilty pleasure songs, if I'm not mistaken. That it did. And the Britney song, though, I always go is is toxic. That is just oh, yeah, such yeah, yeah. a banger, man. That that song is toxic fantastic. and womanizer. Yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, Fitty, you're not liking it? I, the, the oh, no. I remember when Womanizer, when she released 
the video. It came out on like 2020 on a Friday night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, let's just... Oh, no, no way. No way. No. Moving on. <laughs> Why? Why? Yeah. Where did you think this was going when I when I told you exactly I knew exactly what you wanted it to go? <laughs> I will say I this was me watching MTV when Oops I Did It Again music video came on. Yeah. Kind of iconic video, is that fair to say? Oh god, yeah. I just didn't know. I mean, I was still yeah. young, but I thought it was okay to call that an iconic music video. All those type of songs remind I, me of high school. There was one time mom was walking to my room and I was just watching MTV and then Britney Spears was doing the music video. And I felt the need. I was I was like five, six, seven, something like that. And I changed the channel immediately because I was like, oh, I probably shouldn't be watching this this music video with Britney Spears on it. And so I changed it real quickly. Yeah, my high school quarterback was obsessed with her. With Britney Spears? Oh yeah. I'm sure a lot of people were. Yeah. I was a little too young. I just <laughs> had it on because my sister was watching it too. Would watch MTV, all the the classic shows. Remember Next, Room yes. Raiders. Those shows. Next was fire. Yeah. Oh, we start getting to the dating shows. Those like bullet points. Third wheel. Do you remember? Do you remember Next and Parental Control and any of the MTV shows, Fitty? No, because I wasn't a big fan of the MTV stuff growing up. Oh, I was such a huge yeah, fan. Next was fire. Well, the, the, <laughs> the bullet points they would list, they were always so, I mean, so eye rolly. Yeah. But Room Raiders was hilarious too. I was big on Room I Raiders. I forgot about Room Raiders. Mm. Room Raiders was dope. Well, when, what was the premise? You had to So they would they would fake a kidnapping situation for yes. all of the contestants, right? And then they clean up your room, right? Well, no, they don't clean no. no. So so there's one person about to go on a date. They're, they're, they have to choose who their date's yes. going to be based off of the room. Yes. So if it was dirty, it was dirty. I remember this if now. It was clean, yeah, room radius was dope. for you. And so the worst part about it is when they would take the black light to the room. Yes. And that that would always be, I would always be like, oh, God, what are we about to see? And, of course, you'd find some crazy stuff because they'd go all through, like, zero privacy. Room I forgot was all about that. Do you remember parental control? Yes. So personal. the parents had to pick the date. <laughs> yes. And so, then so the so the parents I they think, didn't like who you were with, and the, so they picked somebody to replace them. The present yes. The, the the premise of that show was the parents hated who you were currently. Dating. Yes. And so they would pick out two different dates. So their daughter or son would go on two separate dates of their choosing, uh-huh. and they would watch the dates with the current significant other. Yes. And then at the end, of course, the son or daughter would choose whether they would win. And when they would pick somebody else, uh huh. Um, Wolfpack James says yes. Bring back Room Raiders. They should. A hundred percent. Do you remember Singled Out? I don't remember. Yes, that. I do. Don't remember I used that to watch show. all those days. So singled, singled Out, Blind Day. Uh, it was another one that. with the ex that Jillian Barbara used to. Because I used to love Jillian Barbara. Remember when she used to do the weather on I Fox don't Football? Think she used so. to do the weather Maybe? on Fox oh, Football. Oh, barely. Yes, yeah. barely. But the exes would be in the ear. Uh, of the girl on the date with him or whatever, and then the limo would pull up, and if the girl chose you, she'd be in the limo. If not, it'd be your two exes uh-huh. that would be waiting on you. Um, man, there was so many good. Well, the only other one I can remember on MTV was I Bet You Will. Remember that where they would find different people and then uh-uh. th- then I think one is like, we'll, we'll put for every piece of gum we put in your hair, you can make 25 bucks. And so it would just be bets like that all across. <laughs> I like Fifth Wheel, it but then Blind Date TV. was the joint. They bought back Blind Date for a little bit on VH1. Mm-hmm. That was pretty good. And then the pandemic hit. 704 number wrote in, my friend's now wife was on Room Raiders. 
Can, can wow. you? Wow. That's that's pretty crazy. That is. Yeah, that's absolutely nuts. Um, Room Raiders is not what is on tap tonight. Instead, you'll have to be watching <laughs> the Hornets and the Rockets tip at 8 p.m. A buzzer beater, the latest buzzer beater, breaking news soundbite we've ever had. What you got, Fiddy? Well, uh, this 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 really applies because we talked about this guy earlier in the show about how Ken Dorsey, his name was cooled off from the Panthers head coaching search. Mm-hmm. He's now going to interview for the job over this weekend, so he could be a candidate that reemerges for Dave Tepper okay. and Scott Fitterer with Ben Johnson no longer in the fold. And we'll okay. keep you all updated on Sports Radio 92.7 mm-hmm. WFNZ. What's on tap? Hornets, Rockets. Just talked about that with Sam Farber. Tip is set for 8 p.m. You can catch pregame coverage here at 7 p.m. on WFNZ. Now time to explore what happened on this day in sports history. Well, guys, on this day back in 1896... The first college basketball game with five players on each side is conducted by the University of Iowa, and they invited students from over at the University of Chicago for an experimental game. Although students of Chicago would beat Iowa 15 to 12. Running that four corners offense to perfection. <laughs> um, on this day in 1951, NFL rules tackles, guards, and centers ineligible for a forward pass. Wes, you ever catch a pass? And uh, that's in, a good question. Yeah, your high school or college days? Uh, not high school or college, but I was a tight end in middle school. And I was no, I was a tight end ninth grade high school too. I was a tight end defensively. Did you ever fall on a fumble, recover a fumble at all, close to the end zone, scoop and yes. gain some yards? Not gain any yards, but I did. You just fell on a fumble. You just fell on a fumble. Yeah. Not exciting. On a pile. I mean, it was a pile, but it was JV when I was on JV. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right, a little different. Go ahead, Fiddy. And yesterday we had the Panthers' a home win over the Seahawks. Well, on this day in 2004. The underdog Panthers traveled to the dump that is the link and upset the Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles 14-3 to advance to the Super Bowl. The run that lasted forever by Deshaun Foster, Ricky Manning Jr. Oh, I remember that. Doing his best Asante Samuel Jr. Uh, Jr. impression, vice versa, when Ricky Manning had the three interceptions That's when I was in a that game. Fan. I remember getting the Sports <laughs> Illustrated cover with Moose. I think it was Moose Muhammad in the end zone. Yeah. Giving him the silencer. Oh, that run was so magical. It was so much fun to go on that that crazy X clown play to beat the Rams. Then you beat the Philadelphia Eagles. This was all after you beat the Dallas Cowboys. Awesome run. Eventually, it came to an end for a guy playing quarterback that has been put out there today that he could be teaming up with Sean Payton and playing for that very Carolina Panthers team. It's the Kyle Bailey Show coming up next alongside Smoke Ludwig, Sports Radio 92.7 FM.